Okay, so, but I wanted to preach on it sometime, and so it happens to be this weekend as God was speaking to us, and he's uh, moving us into some teaching on the Holy Spirit. But as I was thinking about this, because I, I did want to do Psalm 23 in 2023, um, I thought about the prophetic word that came over our church at the first part of the year. And, and if you, you've already received this, great. If you haven't, this is a prophetic word over our church, but it's also over all of our lives. And there were three things in the prophetic word. First, that this is a year of abundance. This is a year of abundance. I was praying, God, just, you know, we, we made it through last year by the skin of our teeth. And I'm like, okay, God, can we one more year? God, just give us one more year, you know? And and God says, I'm not just going to give you one more year. It's going to be a year of abundance. And so we just speak that over our lives, that this is a year of abundance. And don't settle for less. Because sometimes when we get our needs met, we're like, okay, thank you, Jesus. We got what we need, and we move on. God wants to take you to a new level. Like, he wants to take you higher. And so, so don't settle for less. Don't just settle for where you're at. God wants, God wants to do more. There's always a next step with Jesus, right? So, so don't settle for less. And then the best is yet to come. I don't care if you're 5 or 95. The best is yet to come. Why? Because Jesus is with us. He's going to be with us this entire life. We get to be with him forever, right? So, I mean, the best is yet to come. I just wanted to share that and I just because I was thinking of 2003 I'm just like that was God's word over our lives and sometimes you have to rehearse God's word over your life. You have to re-prophesy things that have been prophesied and so speak them over your life because those are the words of the Lord. All of those come from God's word. How many of you like cooking shows on TV? Just raise your hand. Come on, if you like cooking shows. Oh, Leslie's hand is high. Yes, I know that. Uh, cooking shows on TV. You can go watch them with Leslie because um, I just, they stress me out. I get, I get anxiety and just like, I'm like, because oh, I'm not a chef. I don't know. How, but it's funny because like on these shows, and so once in a while, I'll just watch as I'm passing through the room and I see like they're given all these ingredients, right? And then they got to make something out of the ingredients that they've given or they want to make something, they got to rush to the fridge and grab it. So they, they kind of like have all these hodgepodge things and they have to make something out of that. And they're stressing out and they're making it. And then, like, halfway through, this little bell rings or a buzzer goes off, and they, they say, now you have to add a special ingredient. And everybody gets terrified, and they say, you have to add a guava. And it's like, what's a guava? I don't know. But you have to add it. And, and like, like, they start getting angry because it's like, I didn't know. And, you know, and, and so it just stresses me out. Even talking about it right now, I don't know what it is. It just, it's stressing me out. But Leslie loves it. She loves it. Isn't that how life is? You get all these circumstances, all these things, you get all these ingredients, and then you try to make something out of it. Things we asked for, things we didn't ask for. We got all these ingredients, and we've got to use them all. And so we have all these ingredients in life, and we're trying to make something. And then you think, okay, finally, I've got it all together. And then the bell rings, and there's another circumstance that you weren't expecting. Another ingredient that came, and you're like, I don't, I, I don't know what to do anymore, right? Because that's how life feels, Right? It's just all these things, all these things. And, okay, we're going to make something of it, but, but listen, you you can't make anything of it. 
You can try to make something of it. But that's why we need God. He says in his word, Romans 8, 28, I'm going to work everything together for good. I'm going to take every ingredient. You may not know why that ingredient is in your life. You may get a surprise ingredient in your life. God says, I'm going to work it all together for good. And if it ain't good, it ain't done. Right? Because he's, he's going to work it all together. So, so we're going to read Psalm 23, and so we're going to think of, of, of God as the good shepherd. Let's think of him as the good chef. Taking all the ingredients of our life, and he's going to make something beautiful. He's going to make something amazing. And that's just what he promises us in his word. See, we need God. He created you. He knows everything that you've gone through, are going through, and will go through. See, he knows it all. So, so he made you for himself. He's planned everything for He's got, he didn't plan the bad things. Bad things happen, but he can still use the bad things for good. And so he does all this, this, this putting together, and it's amazing, and it's crazy, but you can't do it without God because he needs to be a part of your life. He created you so he could be a part of your life. And the enemy will come and tell you, you can handle this on your own. You know, if you let God have all the ingredients, he's just going to mess it up. He's going to make something you don't like. That's, that's the oldest trick in the book, right? You can go back to the, the garden, like, oh, God isn't good, like he said. No, God says, I've made you for myself. And so I want us to open Psalm 23 and see the heart of God. I left my Bible over here, so I'll go grab it real quick. It's always good to have your Bible when you preach, right? So Psalm 23, it'll give you a, another moment to open to it. In fact, it's, uh, it's funny, you probably don't even need to open your Bible, you may even be able to recite it. Even you don't think you could recite it, you probably would be able to recite it. But let's let the word get deep in our heart. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Let's read that together. I like that when you read along with me. That's fun. You can just sit in that psalm, can't you? You know what God's doing? He's saying, this is who I am. This is who I am. I'm your shepherd. You're going to lack no good thing. Like, everything you need, I'm going to take care of you. See, a lot of people are searching for God on their own. They won't find him because God says, this is who I am. Uh, this is who I am to you. And, and, and so a lot of people search for God, but here's the thing. God reveals himself in his word. He says, this is what I want you to know about me. This is what you need from me. And I'm, I'm sharing myself with you. And what he does in his word is he, he, he calls himself the great I am. When Moses says, who should I say? He said to me, say the I am. 
Yahweh, Jehovah. He's, he says, basically, I'm the God above all gods. That's what he's saying. I'm the God above all gods. I'm Yahweh. I'm Jehovah. And so what he does in the Old Testament is he does compound names. Like he, he has Jehovah, and he, he'll add something to it to reveal who he is. So God says, I want you to know who I am. And so and if you just walk through the psalm, uh, in the first verse, he's Jehovah Jireh. He's God will provide. That's what the word means. God will provide. That, that he's my shepherd. I have everything I need. I, I love the, the Passion Translation. It says, I always have more than enough. You know that God is your source? You're not your source. The world's not your source. Your job's not your source. Your spouse isn't your source. God's your source. God's your source. And, 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 and when I started studying this, it's like I almost didn't want to leave this verse because it's so powerful right there, right? God's your source. Like, that's it. He says, I'm the good shepherd, but it, it's, it doesn't stop there. So God will provide. The next thing is he's Jehovah Shalom. He's God is our peace. He leads us by still waters. As we remember today, the price for our peace was laid upon him, the shalom, the wholeness the completeness, lacking nothing, is found in him. Then he says, I'm Jehovah Rapha. I'm the Lord that heals. I restore your soul. I restore your heart, your mind, your body. I take care of you. Jehovah Sitkanu, righteousness, that he's our righteousness, that he leads us along paths of righteousness. He's going to lead us where we need to go. That's, that's what we see in this psalm. He's Jehovah Shema, the Lord who is here, you are with me, the psalmist says. You're with me. He's with us every day. Everywhere we go, he's always with us. He's Jehovah Nisi, which is God our victory. Nisi actually is about a banner, that you wave a banner. Man, I hope next Sunday when the Bears play the Packers, they score so many touchdowns, they can't even keep score. I don't think that'll happen. But I just, you know, and you know what? When they, when they score that touchdown, they get that big Bears flag, and they run around the stadium, and everybody's cheering because it's, it's a sign of victory. That's why we have Jesus flags on each side. If we're in worship and you ever want to grab one and just wave it, you can do that because what you're saying is he's our victory. He's our victory. What does it say in the psalm? That, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a table in the presence of your enemies. He doesn't say you're going to battle. No, you're going to sit down and eat. I'll take care of them. That's powerful, right? That's our God. You sit down. I got it. I'm your victory. And then Jehovah Makedish, he's the one who sanctifies. He anoints my head with oil. He anoints us. Whatever calling you have on your life, he's going to anoint you for that calling. That's, he's saying, this is who I am. Now, what's interesting about all these names of God, yes, they're revealing about who God is, because I need to know who God is, but do you notice that every single name isn't so much about him as it is about us? I'm your source. I'm your provider. I'm your healer. I'm your peace. I'm your victory. You know, he's just saying over and over again, I say, that's what I am for you. He says, this, I want you to know who I am. This is who I am to you. I'm the source of all of these things. And so I rewrote a few years back this psalm. It's not a translation or anything, but what is the psalm speaking to us? And it's going to be on the screen. The words are going to be really tiny, but I'm just going to read this quickly here. He takes care of me. He makes me rest. He leads me in peace. He restores my soul. He 
guides me in his way. He is close to me. He watches out for me. He feeds me. He protects me. He heals me. He blesses me. He pursues me all the days of my life until I'm with him forever. That's the psalm written in a different way because look, you don't do anything. You just receive. Right? Do you notice that here? This is who God is. God does it all. Because God loves you, as we heard in the prophetic word today, and he takes care of you. Because, I don't know about you, but I need that. <laughs> right? Sheep are defenseless. And in this world, we're defenseless. But he's going to watch out for us. He's going to take care of us. We might be broken, we might be lost, but he's going to watch out for us. He meets our every need in every circumstance. That's what he says in this. So if this is all true, all of these things are there, why am I worried? Why am I afraid? Listen, I know bad things happen. Trust me. I know. Those ingredients that come that you weren't expecting, totally get it. Been there, done that. But I don't need to fear. I don't need to worry. Because I have someone that takes care of me. You know, my job isn't to worry. My job is to keep my eye on the shepherd. Because he's the one that's going to lead me. It's not, not like, okay, I've got to keep my eye on the shepherd. And so in this psalm, we see the Father heart of God. God says, this is who I am. This is my heart for you. I know we talk about it, but um, a few years back, I, I wrote this book called Simple Bible, and it's not just something that we give away here. This is something God put on my heart because some people don't realize how much God loves them. And in every book of the Bible, God says, this is who I am to you. This is how much I love you. And, and so really this book is, is one verse from every book of the Bible that shows his heart towards us. And, and I just, I, I, I told Joel to bring a lot down because if you've never got a copy of this, you just ask Joel, he'll give you one. They're not for sale today. They're just, you just take one. And we got some more upstairs if we run out. But I just want you to know the heart of God. He says, this is who I am. I want you to know me. You're not gonna find God looking around this world or trying your own thing. It doesn't work that way. You, you've got to go to his heart and his word. And, and he tells us what his heart is, right? He tells us right there, Psalm 23. That's just one psalm. But he tells us what we need to know. And then when you look at the Son, when you look at Jesus, we, we realize that he was God that showed up in the flesh. How, you know, you just you begin to look at Jesus' life and, and he never met a sick person he couldn't heal. You know, he never met a demon he couldn't cast out. He, he never met somebody that he couldn't meet their need. If anyone came to him, if anyone asked anything of him, he did it. He just did it. That was his heart. He's showing God showed up in the flesh and he said, this is who I am. I will in no wise cast him out. Now, there were a lot of people who didn't want him, but, but anybody that wanted him, he would, he would go to them and he would touch them and he would be with them. And, and that's the heart of God, because we see it in Jesus. We see it in the Gospels. And I preached last time, probably the most important verse in the New Testament, Galatians 2.20. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. See, I, I got to be in Christ, because that's God, and I want to be in him, and I want him in me. And, and I got I to live that life. And, and so Jesus comes, and he shows us the life. We're about to begin talking about the Holy Spirit, and we have an understanding of a father, right? And, and even if you didn't have a good dad, and I know a lot of people didn't have a good dad, 
we know what a good dad should look like, right? And we see the father heart of God in Scripture. So we know what a father's heart is. And, and we know what the son is, right? Because we have four Gospels. It talks about Jesus. We get it. And then we have the Holy Spirit, who is God, and, and the Holy Spirit, and he's described as wind. You can't see him, but you know he's blowing through. You don't know where it's coming from or where it's going, but you, you know it's there. And so it's a little harder to understand, right? But, but here's the reality. We're going to take a deep dive starting Tuesday and look at the Holy Spirit because we need the Holy Spirit. When you look at the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is mentioned by name over 90 sometimes, 55 in the book of Acts alone, because the, the disciples could not do what they were to do. They changed the whole world as the small minority group. They changed the whole world through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and so if, if they needed Holy Spirit, the ones that walked with Jesus, we need the Holy Spirit today. So just write it down. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. We can't do life without the Holy Spirit because it tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, right at the beginning, God didn't choose anybody mighty. He didn't, he didn't choose the most educated or the most wealthy. He didn't, he just, he, he, you look at the disciples, they're a bunch of nobodies. And I mean that. Uh, they're nobodies, and yet the power of the Holy Spirit filled them, and they took the gospel all around the world. So God says, I'm not going to pick the mighty. I'm going to pick the, the ones that nobody else chooses. I'll pick those. And then I'm going to put my power inside them. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, it says, we house the power of God in jars of clay. And, and, and so what, what is a jar of clay back then? It was something kind of just this item that they used, but it wasn't special. It, it would be thrown away. So what I thought is, in our culture, probably like this plastic cup that you can get out there, fill water, bring it in. You can drink it during the service. I don't think anybody's taking this home and washing it and using it next week, you know, uh, unless you're very conscious of the environment. But um, no, you're, you're probably at the end of service just going to toss this out because it served its purpose, right? God says, you are like the plastic cup, but it's not, I'm going to pour my spirit, and it's going to change everything. People are going to be like, you're just a plastic cup. I'm a plastic cup on fire. You know, I'm a plastic cup that's going to change the world because the power of God is going to be inside of me. He's going to be inside of me. <clears throat> now, I remember my dad used to say this all the time, you are hopeless without the Holy Spirit. Excuse me, I got a cough. You're hopeless without the Holy Spirit. Now, this was the charismatic movement and Jesus people time and all that. But he was right. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how long you've been to school. It doesn't matter. It's like, it's like we're hopeless without the Holy Spirit. We're helpless without the Holy Spirit. And yet the enemy's going to lie to us that we don't need the Holy Spirit. And this is what's going to happen. The enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? And, and so why am I listening to the one that wants to steal, kill, and destroy? And, and sometimes we just like, okay, all these bad things are happening in life, all these ingredients, everything, so I'm just going to try to survive. I'm just going to try to make it. I'm just going to try to cope. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have abundant life rich, satisfying, full, depending on your translation. I've came to have, if you knew, abundant, eternal, 
now spirit-filled life. I came to, to give you this life that the same power, it says in Romans 8, 11, that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you. It's like, so why am I settling for less? Why am I not saying I want all that God has for me, the Father, heart of God? I want all that Jesus has for me. I want all that the Holy Spirit has for me. I've heard so many people say, I, I want the Holy Spirit, but I don't want this or I don't want that. I, 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 I think it's weird how we worship sometimes, and I think, I think speaking in tongues is weird, and I think that I don't want those. I want everything, but I don't want those. Why not say, I want it all, <laughs> right? I want it all. God, all that you have for me, I was designed. I was designed to house the power of God in this plastic cup. So I want it all, God. I want everything that you have for me. So don't settle for less. Just, just write that down. Don't settle for less than God's very best. Don't let the enemy rob you or lie you or just get you to, just, just get you to, to, to survive or cope. Don't settle for less. So how do we do this? How do we, how do, we do this? I wanna, I wanna run through these quick so we can go back into worship and just spend some time with the Holy Spirit today. So the, the first thing you gotta do is yield. Yield. See those yield signs? You probably should pay attention to those, right? So sometimes we just have to yield. We have to surrender. See, part of the problem of life is just doing things our own way. Or just doing what comes next. Or what we think is right. Or what somebody tells us to do. Like, oh, you should really do this. You know, so, and, and, and we should yield to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what do you think? God, what do you think? We've got to yield. Uh, it's been a long time since we had a baby in the Merrill house. And uh, I know there's a lot of babies that are being born in our church, and that's awesome. Um, but have you ever tried to feed a baby that doesn't want to eat? No, seriously, have you ever? That food gets everywhere but in the mouth of that baby, right? You're wearing the food, the baby's wearing the food, the table, the floor, the walls, the ceiling. It's everywhere except the baby, right? And that's how we are with God sometimes, right? We, we need to yield instead of fighting and pushing away God away. We just need to yield. God, what do you have for me today? I know it's good, right? He's good. His love endures forever. Everything we heard today, seek him. All these things, just, just yield to him. Respond to the Holy Spirit. Listen for the Holy Spirit. Yield to him. Now, this next thing I'm going to talk about you may think is kind of counterintuitive because a lot of times when we think of the Holy Spirit moving, we think of shouting, dancing, screaming, uh, you know, and, and you know, I, I wish I was that kind of pastor. I'm not. Uh, you know, I just kind of stand here and talk, and, and uh, I always felt bad about that until I saw Bill Johnson, I'm like, that's good, I like that. So, um, but no, just, just like, I just, you gotta be who God's called you to be, right? So you don't, you don't, but I've been in services where God's just moving and it's going crazy and you can't explain it in the natural. It's just, it's just God moving. So there, it's like, so this, this might sound counterintuitive, but it's, it's not. The Holy Spirit isn't present just when things are loud. He's, he's omnipresent. He's God. So sometimes we need to be quiet. 
So write that down, be quiet. So I gotta yield, and I gotta be quiet. I had an appointment this week that was, that was man, it was a long drive to get to, and so I uh, got in my car, loaded up a podcast, a Christian podcast to listen to. I'm like, man, I got an hour or two, and so I'll just, you know, I'll just digest this as I drive, and, and as soon as I hit the highway, I just felt God saying, just turn off, turn it off, just turn it off. And uh, let's just tell you, I drive with podcasts all the time. Like, that's, I just love it, you know. So just turn it off. There's just quiet in the car. You know, sometimes when it's quiet, it's just a little weird, you know. Just, it's uncomfortable sometimes. But it was interesting because as I drove, I just started humming. And then I started singing. And then I started praying. I started speaking in tongues. And the craziest thing happened. I look up and I'm, I'm at my destination. That I was not looking forward to making this drive, just like, how, do I, how can I get through it? Just to like, oh, thank you, God. It was just such a precious time with the Lord. I wasn't like transported there, but it just went so fast because it was in the presence of the Lord. And I just had to be quiet. I had to learn, like, just turn it all off. Just be quiet. Now it got louder in the car as it went, but it's just like, just, just be quiet. Because the, the Holy Spirit's gentle. He's gentle. You know what's interesting is when Jesus, you know, in the, um, in the, uh, in the baptism of Jesus, we see the Trinity, everything we talked about, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So he's, he's being baptized by John. The Father speaks from heaven. This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And then the Holy Spirit as a dove, not a dove, but as a dove came and rested on Jesus. And it, and it says that it remained on him. That the, the, came, the Holy Spirit came down and remained on him. And, and what's important about that is that if doves, you can frighten away, right? They're not like these geese in the parking lot that you can honk. You can get close in the car, and they're, just, they're not going anywhere. They're walking at their own pace. A dove, if you, if you honk, those doves would fly away, right? Men at a wedding, when the doves just are released, they just, they just go. And, it, and it's, and what's, Jesus is so quiet, so gentle, it came and it rest, it didn't leave. See, sometimes we get too busy. We get talking too much. We, we grieve the Holy Spirit, flies away. And I'm not saying the Holy Spirit doesn't leave. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but it's a picture of the Holy Spirit. It's a picture of the Holy Spirit. So sometimes we just, we just need to be quiet. We need to learn to listen to the wind blow. And again, not fight it, but flow with the blowing of the wind. We just have to do that. Because here's the bottom line, uh, and I could, I'll just say it for me. I need help. I need help. I need the Holy Spirit. It's just that simple. There's too many ingredients in my life, especially right now. There's just too many ingredients in my life for me to put it all together and make something beautiful. But God can. I need the Holy Spirit. I, I, I need him to be my source because I run out very quickly. And the things of this world, they, they don't satisfy. They, they can't fill you up. We need the Holy Spirit. So he has to be our source. We need the Holy Spirit today.
Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me? We're going to worship the Lord a little bit longer today before we go. And please don't be in a hurry to leave because I do have uh, some important announcements, especially about the School of the Spirit and some other things. But those can wait. We're just going to yield. We're going to be quiet in worship. And we're going to let the Holy Spirit have his way in our hearts as the worship team leads us. And, And I'm just going to let you respond to the Holy Spirit today. I want us... For the next several weeks, even month or two or three, depending on how the Holy Spirit leads us, I just want us to be sensitive. I want us to yield. I want us to respond to what the Spirit is doing in our lives. So if you could just push everything aside, your Bible, your phone, your iPad, whatever you have, just kind of, if you could, just um, just turn it off, put it aside. and Holy Spirit, come. Reveal the Son, Jesus, to us. Reveal the Father, heart of God, to us. We need you. You're the good shepherd. You're our source. You're the great chef that takes all the ingredients and puts it together, makes something beautiful out of nothing. So we just yield to you in this quiet moment today, Lord. Open up the gates, let heaven on in. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. And fire and wind, come and do it again. Hope. 
open up the gates that heaven on in. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Come down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will fill me. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will fill me. Spirit of 
fresh and new. Fill us for the days ahead. We need you. Keep our hearts sensitive. Keep our ears open. We pray for wisdom, for understanding. that just as in the book of Acts, we would be men and women led by the power of the Holy Spirit in every detail, in every circumstance, in every conversation, in every moment. Holy Spirit revealed the Father and Son to us that we may know God. Unlock the mysteries. 
that we may know you. It's important to to learn how to live in this posture of receiving uh, from the Lord. And so I'm just going to encourage you that um, this just becomes a daily thing, just yielding to God, surrendering to Him, being quiet, letting Him to just begin to move and flow and blow in your life. Don't fight it. Just invite Him in. He wants to be with you every moment, morning, noon, and night. He He just wants to be with you. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit coming up, and uh, it's not going to be a light conversation. In fact, the booklet we put together for the School of the Spirit is actually, right now it's at 28 pages, um, and we're going to give that to you when you come, and and we're just going to dive in and look at that and and just teach on the Holy Spirit starting Tuesday night at 7 p.m. I'm going to try to keep it going on the weekends as well. Uh, when Steve Sampson comes at, at the end of this month, he's going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we're going to pray for people to receive uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so we're excited about um, what's coming in the weeks ahead. Just be open to all that God has for you. Um, as you go today, uh, I just felt led of the Lord um, that instead of questions this week, I just have a plan for you to memorize Psalm 23. A verse at a time, a verse a day, and you can know the whole psalm. Now, you probably already know the whole psalm, so it'll even be even easier. But we need to hide God's word in our heart. You know, when it's in your heart, no one can steal it, right? They can throw you in prison. You still got it, right? They can tell you you can't come to church. You can come to church. We're never going to close our doors. You can come to church, but even if they keep you, you got God's word in your heart. Hide God's word in your heart. Put it in your heart. If you want to follow Jesus, uh, we got a Bible for you. It's free. All these things are free. Grab, if you've never got my book, get that. Um, but it's a Bible. It just talks about how to follow Jesus, but it's also the Bible. So um, really important teaching on what it means to follow Jesus. We'll teach you about the Holy Spirit on, um, on uh, Wednesday or Tuesday at 7 p.m. And... Uh, also, my dad is giving away all of his books out there. So if you want to take, take whatever you want, he wants them to find a good home. If you make a donation, it all goes to the college library, like a, a financial donation it goes to the college library. But there's no obligation. Let's find those books good homes. So just take whatever you want. Uh, it's all yours today. So um, we're going to receive the blessing of the Lord. But before we go, who has a birthday this month? Who else? Raise them up. Hi. Here we go. Not, nobody over here. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'll talk to them. You were created for a purpose, a destiny. Uh, I'm so glad that you share your life with us, and God has good things for you. Um, so you should be celebrated all month long. So, um, so happy, happy birthday. Let's receive the blessing of the Lord today. Before we go and then leave with the Holy Spirit, Joel's out there to answer any questions. Go ahead and stand across the sanctuary to receive God's blessing as we go. Um, And uh, before we receive that blessing, we give all glory to God in singing the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him.
treasures here Bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and grant you his peace. Thanks be to God.